Hey everybody, this is Kyle Krabs from Fin It to Win It. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland with the Browns. One thing hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the football games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash bluewire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week and climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get. Paid. Blue Wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. And he running around, circling, and look out! Brachowski didn't have the angle! Touchdown! Oh, Canyon Drake! A miracle! We're going to do this, aren't we? We're really going to do this. The Miami Dolphins really going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the 2019 NFL season. That is the writing on the wall today as the Dolphins wrap up uh, another practice. They had a media availability. Brian Flores talked. Ryan Fitzpatrick talked. Josh Rosen talked. General consensus from and general impression, not just from the players and their answers, but also from the beat reporters in attendance, they said, you know, this this quarterback competition has not been called. It's not uh, not official, but it sure feels that way. That Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start the 2019 season as the starter against the Baltimore Ravens when the Dolphins open at Hard Rock Stadium in September. Now, here's how you need to feel about that. Frustrated, confused, conflicted. These are all things we talked about yesterday on the show about how Miami's master plan of wanting their cake and eating it too, of wanting to win and be competitive and playing the best players because it's good for the culture, but not giving yourself an opportunity to properly assess Josh Rosen may put you in a position where you win more games or Even if you lose more games, you won't know what you fully have in Josh Rosen because you're not maximizing his reps. I am very much of the school of thought that when players get to the NFL level, especially quarterbacks, you either sink or you swim. You see great quarterbacks that go on to have great careers. They might struggle early. It might not be convenient. Uh, The situation around them may not be great, but you either have what it takes or you don't. And forgive me for being a little skeptical of Brian Flores' proposition that, you know, we want the quarterback that's going to give us the best opportunity to win on Sundays. And 
if a player's not ready, we're not going to put him out there until we feel like he's ready. Well, the, the Dolphins are really in a in a bind here. Uh, they, they've put themselves in a very difficult situation, an unenviable proposition where you have to you have to almost choose to completely disregard the evaluation of Josh Rosen as a football player and try and win games and then commit yourself when Ryan Fitzpatrick takes you to six and ten to trade extra picks to get into a position to draft a quarterback. Whereas the alternatives were Josh Rosen are you start him and you win games and you feel good about Josh Rosen and you don't have to invest in a quarterback in 2020. Or Josh Rosen sinks instead of swims and you're probably going to be in a position to draft a quarterback without having to give up two second round picks and a third round pick the year, to, the year after that. Like it's so... I understand Brian Flores wants to be competitive and he wants to win football games. I appreciate that. No good quote-unquote tank uh, ever exists without the concession of, well, you know, we got to be okay with sucking. Dolphins don't want to do that, and I respect that. They want to build the team the right way. But this is a golden opportunity. You, You have a lottery ticket, and what the Dolphins are electing to do if... They choose not to play Josh Rosen. Is they're not even going to tune in for the numbers drawing. And then you're going to have to wake up again the next day, update that cover letter and that resume, and you're going to have to go out quarterback searching again without ever knowing that maybe you won the lottery, but you'll never know because you never bothered to check the number drawing. That's my concern. But we're not going to spend the entire episode of Fin It to Win It today talking about Josh Rosen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick. I promise. We're going to talk about the preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to talk about the upcoming preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, how that's going to be a good measure, who that's going to be a good measure for. And then you're going to go, we're going to fast forward and kind of look at some players who I'm projecting to be on the final 53-man roster that we probably would not have guessed would have found themselves on the 53-man roster at the very beginning of training camp. So I guess if we're going to start anywhere, we might as well start with Tampa Bay's 16-14 victory over the Miami Dolphins in the preseason last Friday night. Uh, Had an opportunity to watch this game through twice. Really tried to make some notes. And uh, one of the things that I had put together for DolphinsWire.com, USA Today's Dolphin-specific little subsection of the internet where I'm the managing editor and and one of the lead writers there have a great time uh, covering the Miami Dolphins for USA Today, was winners and losers from this football game. I thought quarterback dynamics being what they were, I thought Josh Rosen had a better game than Ryan Fitzpatrick did, which should be to the absolute surprise of no one. Uh, Rosen finished 10 of 18 for 102 yards, was about three inches away from having an awesome touchdown pass to Preston Williams, so a victim of three or four drops throughout the course of the game. He did a nice job getting off his spot, getting outside the pocket a couple times. And yet Brian Flores comes back after the game and says, yeah, well, you know, you got to not be able to avoid taking some of those sacks, too many pressures. And then Josh Rosen today on Tuesday during his media availability at the podium said, 
I understand why there's this misconception, but there's a lot of layers uh, to the offense, and, and specifically for me, you guys see what looks like a physical mistake from somebody else in pass protection, but it's actually a mental error on my part in making the calls. So Rosen, uh, credit to him, took responsibility for some of the pressure issues that the Dolphins were exposed to throughout the course of that football game. Uh, other winners in this football game, Christian Wilkins played a terrific football game. Played, I think, just short of 30 snaps against the Bucks. Uh, had multiple QB pressures. He had a sack as a, as a base end off the right side of the offensive line. Uh, quarterback kind of flushed directly into him. Wilkins with a nice heads-up play. But his more important rush and more impressive rush was an interior rush on the following possession in which he shot through an interior gap and uh, crashed through there. Brian Flores kind of challenged Christian Wilkins before this game. Get your pad level down. You want to be a productive pass rusher. I need you to get your pad level down. And he kind of joked with everybody that was there at the presser, so make sure Christian reads this. Well, I think it's safe to say Christian read it because the pad level was down. He was disruptive. He was controlling the line of scrimmage. He freed up up, uh, another one of the winners from this week's game, Charles Harris, who had one and a half sacks, multiple pressures. And uh, I thought... This was probably the best showing we've seen from Charles Harris, like, ever. And uh, I do have to come clean. Charles Harris uh, was not a player that I was a fan of prior to the 2017 NFL Draft. I thought he was a little one-dimensional. And where he won with snap anticipation and get off the line, he actually wasn't all that explosive with. And we've kind of seen that through his first two seasons understanding he was going to have to introduce some counters into his game if he was going to you know, be an effective NFL pass rusher. And uh, he got some one-on-one opportunities in this game thanks to Christian Wilkins, and he made the most of them. He beat up Donovan Smith. He beat up the left tackle that they had behind Donovan Smith. So credit to Charles Harris for having a great football game. Now he's going to have to go out this week on Thursday, and he's going to have to show down with Cam Robinson, who is also a big, long arm body like Donovan Smith, but I think Cam Robinson's a much more powerful football player. So if Harris can win with quickness against Cam Robinson and avoid that first punch, then we can actually start to build a little bit of optimism here. Probably the most obvious winner on the defensive side of the football is not Christian Wilkins or Charles Harris against Tampa Bay, though. It's it's uh, Sam... Aguavin, the linebacker from the CFL, number 49. This dude's going to start for this football team, guys. He's not just making the team as a 26-year-old rookie from the CFL. He's going to start because Kiko Alonso might not even make this roster. Raekwon McMillan is a two-down linebacker. Uh, I know there was a lot of fanfare and optimism around Raekwon McMillan, and I was guilty of taking the cheese there a little bit, kind of. Well, he played good down the stretch last year, but but the CFL is a very wide-open league. He talked with the media, talked about how the, the, the field in the CFL is 10 yards wider than the field in the NFL. He said, listen, I might not get to the, some plays on the sideline in the CFL, but we're trained to get on our damn horse and get after it. And I know I can go sideline to sideline on the 53-yard field instead of a 63-yard field. Uh, He was impressive, physical coming downhill. Laid the boom, forced a fumble, uh, good angles in space. Uh, Really encouraged 
by Sam McGuavin and what he's been able to do for the Dolphins. Remember, this was the guy at the very opening of training camp. This was the guy that they were teasing Raekwon McMillan with, playing Raekwon on the second string in favor of McGuavin. And it seems like this was, that was not just a motivational ploy. That was because this dude can play. Speaking of dudes who can play, the Dolphins have a running back dilemma on their hands because they've got Kalen Balaj, who I'm going to be naming first from now on because watch, he's going to be the starter. Or I'm going to be mad, but he's going to be the starter. Speaking of guys that we've took the cheese on, Kenyon Drake is also still present. Mark Walton just got legally cleared from some uh, criminal charges against him. He's been placed on six months probation. The league may end up still suspending him, but we don't really know. Uh, Miles Gaskin, the seventh-round pick. Chandler Cox, the fullback, who is also a seventh-round pick. Guarantee you that man makes the roster. And what about Patrick Laird? Uh, Laird had a good showing against Tampa Bay. Uh, liked his quickness, his quick feet and quick decisions. Uh, he was really the only back that created any consistent yardage on the ground against Tampa Bay. So I think the Dolphins are going to have a tough decision because you can't keep all those names. You could stash Gaskin on the practice squad if you want. Then it comes down to Laird versus Walton. Cox is a fullback, and you got your two lead backs. Who's your third string back? Who do you like better in the passing game and on third downs? Ironically, Walton probably has the edge as a receiver. Laird has the edge as a, a more physical player. If you want him in pass protection, you're going to have to keep Patrick Laird. So that's something to monitor. Uh, I know a lot of people think Laird has a great chance to make this roster. I didn't think Ryan Fitzpatrick played particularly well against the Bucs. This should be of absolutely no surprise. Uh, I did not think Preston Williams played good against the Bucs. This should be of absolutely no surprise. You saw him drop two out of three targets from Rosen. Michael Dieter's a weird one. And I think it's because I had a higher expectation for Michael Dieter coming out of Wisconsin than what we've seen thus far. Dieter did not play a bad football game. He played a lot better than he played in the, the Dolphins' first preseason football game. But Dieter, to me, coming out was like a top 30 talent. I thought he was a plug-and-play starter. And I know Pro Football Focus evaluated this game and came back and said, oh, we're giving Michael Dieter an elite grade for his performance against the Buccaneers. And I think that gets back to process versus results. Dieter may not have yielded negative plays, but the way he was doing it, I don't feel very good about him sustaining unless he improves upon his technique. And our friends over at Three Yards Per Carry, uh, part of the Five Reasons Sports Podcast Network, uh, also took a look at this game from Dieter. And they came away and said, yeah, Dieter played almost 50 snaps. He had like five negative or five negative plays in the run game and four negative plays in pass protection. Like that sounds right to me. And I'm sorry, but one out of every five plays being bad is not an elite grade. So there's some discrepancies on Michael Dieter. I was expecting like a really high level player right off the bat. He struggled a little bit. He's getting better. He's getting more consistent. It's not time to hit the panic button. I still think he's going to be a quality starter for the Dolphins and could be by the end of 2019. But with that said, I watched him. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you didn't have these reps at Wisconsin. Wait all the way, all the way out over top of your toes. Slow to react and slide your feet. 
Those things for me with Michael Dieter, I think he's just struggling a little bit with the onboarding process and he's struggling with the speed of the NFL. He'll be fine. But he was not a player that I thought played at a particularly strong level or an elite level. I thought he played okay. I know there was a really popular point of debate. Uh, two other guys that struggled, Nick Needham, second week in a row. I think it's safe to say Needham's probably not going to make the Dolphins roster this year. Let's just call a spade a spade. And uh, Jared Jones-Smith uh, looked heavy-footed. The backup left tackle really, I thought, struggled to slide and frame blocks effectively. And uh, he was a guy who got credit you know, this time last week against the Bucks in practice. Well, he stabilized the second-team offensive line, looked pretty good, got long arms, good functional strength. But at the same time, I thought he framed his blocks poorly, and I thought he was transitioned into chase mode a little bit too much, chasing after pass rushers around the edge. Before we go any further, you know what time it is. We need to talk about today's sponsors of the show. Our first sponsor, shaving is a terrible experience for you. We've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your front door. So enough with the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you do not love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Listen, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, a bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same can be true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides a treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. So let's shift our eyes forward, shall we? Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was one of the three teams that the Dolphins lost to in their late season collapse under the watch of Adam Gase going from 7-6 and six to 7-9 and nine and effectively getting their butts kicked every stop along the way, courtesy of Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Buffalo. Before we kind of work through some of the matchups that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, I do want to acknowledge the teams that 
Jacksonville Jaguars coach Doug Marone has already gone on the record to say these nine players are already not going to play on Thursday. Only a handful that really uh, impact this football game and matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing. They are wide receiver Marquise Lee, who's still recovering from a brutal knee injury he suffered last year in the preseason. Running back Alfred Blue, linebacker Jake Ryan, linebacker Quincy Wilson, the team's third-round pick uh, in this year's NFL draft, linebacker Davis Tull, tight end Charles Jones, tight end Jeff Swain, tight end Jeff Oliver, and defensive tackle Marcel Darius. Good news for the, for the Dolphins that Darius will not suit up because that means 2018 first-round pick Taven Bryan will likely step into the starting lineup playing next to Arby Jones. This is also bad news for the Dolphins because it doesn't include names like Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell, Josh Allen, A.J. Bouye, Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack. This defense for Jacksonville is loaded. It is stuffed to the brim with talent, which is going to be a great test. Uh, Really, the only name that I'm disappointed to find out is not playing in this football game is Marcel Darius, uh, because Taven Bryan has looked like trash to this point. Uh, He was getting ripped off the ball by the Philadelphia Eagles. The first running play from scrimmage in last week's game, Eagles and Jaguars, Taven Bryan got carried like 10 yards downfield, uh, just absolutely no anger. And I know Jacksonville has not been pleased uh, from what I've been reading of, of his progression as a football player. So that should kind of aid the stability in coming along of the Dolphins' offensive line. Brian Flores has been complimentary of the Dolphins' offensive line over the course of the past several days in talking in the media. He thinks it's, they got the right five, uh, thinks the communication's getting better, the synchrony's getting better. So, great. You know, that, that alleviates the pressure in the middle a little bit. But that does not resolve the issue of Yannick Ngakwe is going to play in this game. Kalias Campbell is going to play in this football game. And listen, Yannick was the only guy last year to beat Laramie Tunsil for a sack. The only guy, and it happened in Week 16. So Tunsil will be fine. Like, Yannick will get his, and Laramie will get his. It's up to the quarterbacks to make sure they're stepping up in the pocket On the other side, can we please, dear God, send the National Guard to help Jesse Davis block Calais Campbell? Because that that is going to be a monster proposition for Jesse Davis playing right tackle. Maybe he'll surprise me, but Calais Campbell is one of, like, the Avengers of the NFL, his size, his power, his explosiveness, the pop in his hands. Jesse Davis is going to have a tough draw. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Dolphins throw a lot of extra trash that way and just get in his way a little bit and help slow him down. Please don't do it with Mike Gusecki. Adam Gase tried that trash and it didn't work. But Calais Campbell versus Jesse Davis is one of those matchups in this football game that I have already circled and said, okay, let's see exactly what kind of year it's going to be. Because if Jesse Davis can get any kind of neutralizing blocks on Calais Campbell, great. Then let's talk about going forward and moving forward and feeling good about it. Talked a little bit about, on the other side of the ball, the Jacksonville Jaguars 
Uh, Cam Robinson was activated off the physically unable to perform list last early last week. Uh, looks to be playing, which makes the Jacksonville Jaguars starting five right now. Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell coming over from Carolina, Brandon Linder, AJ Can, and then uh, Cedric Abwehi or second round pick in 2019, Joan Taylor playing at right tackle. Here's the good news. Abwehi can be beat. AJ can. Christian Wilkins can beat him with quickness. He's a pretty stout dude. This is a very physical offensive line for Jacksonville. So it's a chance to flex their muscles, right? You got like Devon Godchow. You got Christian Wilkins. Adolphus Washington has played really well. I think he had five tackles against the Bucks. Like you're going to have an opportunity here to go strength on strength and make sure you can really hold the point of attack. And if they can, then terrific. Then Miami's nickel linebackers, uh, Jerome Baker, who they move around on the set, and uh, Aguavin, those two guys should be able to flow pretty cleanly and use their range. And then you're going to have Rashad Jones back this week, so Minka can play more in the nickel. So you'll have the corners on the field being Howard, and Eric Rowe on the outside. Mink is going to be back in a true nick. Rashad Jones can play true free safety. Bobby McCain can play over top as a true free. Like, the return of Rashad really frees Miami up here to really get a good look against a team that's got a ton of speed at wide receiver. Uh, They're pretty tapped out at tight end. So I'm more interested in seeing Minka in reps, whether it's D.D. Westbrook or Chris Conley or Keelan Cole in the slot those kinds of guys, and DJ Chark playing predominantly on the outside. Conley will probably get some good reps on the outside. And Nick Foles will be throwing them the football. Foles has not debuted yet for the Jaguars in the preseason. They're going to do the full dress rehearsal just like the Dolphins are. So can we hunt the football against another starting quarterback who has had success in the NFL? Uh, Jameis Winston last week... um, they did okay. He didn't play a ton. He was quick to get the hook, and then Gabbert came in. And like Nick Foles will play probably at least the first half. Can you control the line of scrimmage? Can you match up in the slot, which I think they will, because Mink is going to be like there. He's going to be established there because Rashad Jones is back this week. So excited to see how these things materialize for the Dolphins uh, and how they're able uh, to counter the Jaguars' offense, which is looking to get better. Um, they're still very much going to be a, a, a strictly gap running attack. I feel like if Raquan McMillan was healthy, this would be a great showcase for him uh, to play downhill into the teeth of this power running attack for the Jaguars, but he's not there. So now the onus falls on the defensive line. Control your gaps. Keep your linebackers clean. That's what we want to see Uh, at the end of Thursday's contest between Jacksonville and Miami. One more matchup that I've kind of circled, starred, whatever you want to call it, Preston Williams. Devontae Parker sitting out practice again. Color me stunned. Devontae Parker's banged up. Uh, So Preston Williams will probably get some reps with the ones. That means he's going to have to go against either A.J. Bouye or Jalen Ramsey. I'm intrigued. 
because Preston Williams has physically beaten up a lot of corners. He picked on bad corners in Tampa, young corners in Tampa, and he picked on bad corners, inexperienced, soft corners in the first preseason contest as well against the Atlanta Falcons by the time he got in the football game. Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in football. This might be the best corner tandem in football. So the Jaguars are going to have an opportunity to try and play lockdown coverage on Preston Williams. How does he do? Because he was not good last week. He struggled in the return game. He struggled with drops. He was open. He was this close to having a great touchdown right before half. Would have been the first touchdown pass for either of Miami's two contenders for starting quarterbacks two games. But at least Rosen's moving the ball. But Jalen Ramsey and Bouye against Preston Williams is another matchup that I've got starred because we've heard hype on this kid, right? Zayvon Howard showered praise on this kid. Let's go out and see it now. You're going to have a great opportunity against some of the best corners in the NFL to go out and win against man coverage, play with physicality, and shake, in this specifically the case of Jalen Ramsey, one of the most physical corners in the NFL. Go out and do it, Preston. Let's see what it looks like. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Fin It to Win It this week. I had a great time uh, kind of recapping some of the thoughts from the Bucks game, previewing the Jaguars game. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the game. Here's to a healthy contest. Here's to some clarity in the quarterback situation. Here's the offensive line playing well. Here's the de- defensive line controlling the line of scrimmage against the Jaguars. Let's come back next week and talk about the Dolphins game and then talk about their fourth preseason contest coming up before we start the regular season. This is Kyle Krabs of Blue Wire Podcast and Fin It to Win It. Thanks for listening.